the button this comes on and it hooked me like wow I can't let I can't let it go I'm parked uh, near I guess it uh, looks like Colonel Danforth dog walking park near uh, UBC just off Kingston Road old Kingston Road whoa 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 damn it it's over thought you were gonna have that for the background the whole time We'll have to hear who it is. Music really kind of takes you to another world, which kind of works with its title. It's called El Dorado. Oh. Composer Marian Mazetich, the Canadian composer. You heard the harpist Caroline Leonardelli, okay. along with the Afiara string quartet, violinists Timothy Cantor and Valerie Lee, right. Eric Wong, all right. cellist Adrian... Sorry, I'm not giving you all the respect you deserve for your role in music and instrumentation and your so on. So I guess we're just going to put that down for now. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at a trail... From, if I follow this trail, it's a nice trail through the woods. It's a bit cold and cloudy, and I don't have good shoes on or a warm jacket, so I'm not going. Uh, but this same trail is uh, where... Oh, God, what's his name? As soon as you try and think of a name, you lose it, right? Uh, not Ted Bundy, but the uh, Canadian guy who uh, raped the two girls and filmed it. Carla Holmoka was his wife. She got off. She did some time, plea bargain, did some time in, uh, in uh, jail. And then last heard of was somewhere off in France, living a new life with a new partner. Um, blonde kind of guy. Anyway, this trail, he was the Scarborough rapist, Paul Bernardo. Paul Bernardo. So it's, it's hard to come here. I have sort of bad feelings. Number one, this... On this trail, there were people who were raped for many people before he escalated and finally, I think it was in St. Catharines, Ontario, kidnapped two schoolgirls and uh, cruelly had them put to death. And also, in very early days, when we were coming with my wife and we'd go for walks, um, she may have left the car door open or maybe not or unlocked, I don't know. But she lost her wallet, and that's a huge fuss. Somebody, I guess, was just sort of weeding. You know, once you park your car, you could just sit here and you watch, and once you see people turn the corner, they're gone. You know, they're not coming back in a hurry to see who's breaking into their car. So it's it's an unpleasant place, but another voice was saying, it doesn't matter where you go, man. It matters what you say. But I do believe the environment 
it does have an impact. That's why I don't podcast from home. Uh, it's just if I'm sitting at the computer, I, I'm just there's different things going through my mind. And I usually try to find a nice place like Buffers Park, you know, Morningside Park, somewhere where I'm soothed a little bit by the environment. This is just convenient. So, all right, let's drop where we are. It doesn't really matter. It means nothing to you, the listener. What does matter is what I'm about to tell you. Uh, And that is, I have absolutely no idea. It's Sunday. It's near the end of um, November 28th, 29th, I guess, because uh, the 30th is Boninkai, our uh, Japanese year-end party, which I always go to. That's right, it's the 29th today. And um, I thought, I've just come back from church. It was great. Greta is back and her husband, Scott. They, uh, They had a little bit of a break. In Florida, and uh, a kind person just gave them a condo for a couple of weeks. Uh, an anonymous donor, because uh, publicly, apparently, this person could not be seen to be supporting an atheist minister, but privately very much believes in the work Greta is doing. I had a long discussion with uh, somebody on Facebook, because I posted up a link to this, and uh, I found it emotionally wrenching that. Not everybody sees things the way I see things. And it's a very simple lesson. I should know better, but sometimes when I think I'm right, I really believe my views are right. Uh, Like, say, the legalization of pot. Um, I really do believe that anybody who doesn't agree is wrong. Boom. And anybody who doesn't see that, Greta is a good person doing good work. And uh, I, I guess maybe I'm not as convinced that it has to be within the United Church of Canada? Maybe not. I I mean, I think, I know she's fighting for that, and I know the people around her are the congregation. Uh, I guess the question is, if she lost this building we met in some simpler place, or if the congregation lost this church and had to meet elsewhere, would we? I don't know why we get that little bit of static... Anyway, I, I don't know, and I, I don't know how I feel about that. I just know that as a person, she is not a scam artist. As, as, as Stop that fucking noise. It's really irritating, okay? All right? And I don't, I don't like it when other people get little noises and go on about it, and here I am doing what I don't like other people doing. I'll stop it right now. Okay. All right. Calm down. Calm down. I need a pussycat on my lap just to make me calm again. God, six minutes and have we even got anywhere near? I want to talk about love because I think that is one of the things you, the word we hear in our church a lot, compassion and caring. Uh, I was, one of the things about this church that maybe makes it different and, you know, hey, come on, give me a break. Let me talk about it. It's part of my life. Is Greta is very much in favor of Support for the atheist bloggers or people who have unconventional views and who get hacked to death by machetes and such in places like Bangladesh for expressing those views openly and freely. And uh, some of the money that this church got went back to another organization that's working on getting these people out of Bangladesh, getting them to safety. Somebody is still in a mess in the hospital and... uh, 
needs to be brought to Canada. And these definitely are. These are genuine refugees. We're not just talking about Syria now. We're talking about people who are, you know, under threat of death for expressing views that don't go along with the status quo. Fuck God, you know. But uh, anyway, that's not love, is it? I guess it is. I guess I'm saying love is something I, I don't think I handle very well. I, I'm, I feel love for my pussycat. That's the easiest kind of love to feel and display. And maybe with humans, it's harder because there's so many more complicating factors. Of course I love my children. Of course I love my wife. But how is it expressed? With a pussycat, it's easy. You put it on your lap.
sorry about that. Uh, I was talking about love and the batteries died. And the batteries died because I left this damn thing on for three hours inside my bag recording. Sometimes this, the one fault about this Olympus LS10, which I love, is there's a slide control. It's got a hold and power down. You slide it down for power. You shut it off, you slide it back up. But very often there's a lock, but it's, the lock is in the wrong direction. It's up at the top. So you to go to lock it off, you're more likely to turn it on again. It just is a poor design. And the knobs are little wheels that stick out on the side, so you've always got to check before you start recording. Is the wheel for the audio output and input, are they in the right place? You know, and I always set them for about between seven and eight. So we're good, we're back. We've got music in the background again. I don't know if I'm going to like this, but uh, it's there just to uh, so you don't have to just listen to my voice. Talking about love, I said how easy it was for a pussycat. You put it on your lap, you scratch its head, you rub it, stroke it, comb it, uh, give it an affectionate little squeeze and hug and let it drape its arm over your arm. And it's just so easy. But with humans, it's interactions, you know, of course, yeah. Just give a big hug. But... We're not an overly affectionate family, and I've grown up through generations of non-overly affectionate families. It's just, sorry, not part of the lifestyle. I think I might have been different. Uh, Had my parents been different? Had our family been different? You know, hugging is awkward for all of us. just is. I do hug at church or high five. I do. I always hug Greta. Um... It's just nice to have them. But anyway, she's a good person. She's doing the right thing. And I'm just sorry that not everybody can understand that. So let me let me drop that. Let's move on. Oh, I did today. I guess one of the things about this church that keeps me going, it's sort of a, a, a deal breaker for me if I cannot be who I am, be myself, express myself the way I want to, sort of come out in the open. Hey, I'm a stranger relatively in this church. You've you've been here for years and years. I've only been there since April, and it's now November. Um, So this is me. And if if I'm not a good fit, but a lot of people already seem to like me. Now, I'm embarrassed to say that because, oh, my God, isn't that your game? Isn't that your shtick? Present yourself in such a way that people will like you? Well, yes, it is. I like to be liked. I like to get a little respect. I like people to walk up and and say, hi, Ken, how are you doing, and and chat. And they're not doing it out of fakeness. They see the nice guy in me. And this is what I I struggle with, and this does relate back to love, that I can be a nice guy. And I guess it's this thing that, well, you're defined in every action. So, yeah, you can be a nice guy in this situation, but, whoa, next situation comes up. Are you a nice guy or are you not? You have to continually act in such a way that you're a nice guy. And it's very clear from this podcast and from my track record of people I've offended, insulted, hurt, destroyed, that uh, I'm not always good at that. In this church I was. So today, today, they always ask, there's a time, do you have anything to celebrate? Anything that you, you want to talk about? And and there's two ways. If it's something that's bothering you, say, in this our time of need, you know, may love abound. Uh, in this our time of blessing, we share the joy. And it's one or the other. Well, I wanted to tell them, and this is what I told them, 
I'll try and do it verbatim. I'll try and tell you what exactly what I said. Um, after 47 years, 48 years of engaging in criminal activity, I am now permitted by prescription to consume marijuana in any way I choose, thanks to the compassion of very kind doctors who are working on lessening pain, something along that line. Uh, and in this, our abundant blessing, and then the audience has to say, we share the joy. So Ken blurted out, he's got a subscription for weed. And I added it with a little bit too cutesy, perhaps. Just don't ask me to bring the cookies. And of course, right away, Greta spoke up. We might ask you to bring the cookies. And then somebody afterwards came up, bring the cookies. I'd like some. And uh, two other people came up and said, thank you for sharing. And like one man just walked up and shook my hand. And, and somebody I, I see all the time, but I, I don't know. I can't remember his name. But said, I'm really glad you, you spoke and you spoke. You said it in a heartfelt manner, which I did at the time because I was annoyed. I also added, I'm very pleased that our government is moving in the direction of legalizing marijuana because to me this is a, a matter of politics and it always has a political issue. It always has been. And it's personally important to me and it's a matter of personal freedom. And... Um, so I'm glad I did. I guess what I'm getting at is before seeing it, I want to know, is this, am I being too cute here? Am I being too clever? Am I being too, and I, I was running all these filters through because I was going back to a time in high school when I made fun of Armand Tobali, who was our French teacher from Algeria. And he was genuinely probably a nice guy. And I was just a smart ass. And he sort of apologized to us. I know I've told it before on Dixon Jeans, but let me get it out of the way, okay? Because it still eats at me. He sort of apologized to the class. I'm sorry if I was a little hard or too strict for some of you. And in the beginning, he talked about when he went to school and Algeria, they didn't even have a blackboard. And, uh, and, you know, I just wasn't mature enough to care or really listen. And after his speech, I stood up and said, on behalf of the class, would like to thank you very much for... This, you have not been too hard on us. And I did it deliberately as a fake, thinking it was funny to completely pop his balloon and deflate his message so that nobody else could follow it up. And I think one of the classmates, one of the women, may have, you know, turned around and... and told me what an asshole I was or something. Uh, I, mean, I don't know why I did it. I don't know why. It was, might have been just for cheap, cheap laugh. I have insulted other teachers, and I don't feel bad about it at all. I was thrown out of classroom a lot. I just There were people I was just deliberately provoked, and I don't, that was me. And as far as I'm concerned, and still I'm concerned, no, they had it coming. Hey, you had it calling. You are you you, you are meant to be pissed off by a student, and I'm the student who's going to piss you off because you, you got it coming to you. And I did that for some, and the teachers I respected, I, I didn't. I was good to them. And so, yeah, uh, I was a bit of an asshole. And in Mr. Tobley's case, I, I, I mean... 
he didn't know what to think, but I think he knew he was being put on and uh, that what I had said was not genuine and was, and I, he probably wanted to kill me right on the spot. And I probably created an awful lot of bad karma for myself as a result of that, but here I am sharing it with you. And so I was a little worried today when I came in. Why are you? Why do you? Why are you saying this? You know you're going to get a laugh, and I, I knew what I was going to say. I knew I was going to give the line about the cookies. It was rehearsed. So does that make it less sincere? The thing is, when I when I delivered it, hey, you're sitting, you're holding a microphone, you're in front of a, you're in, in a church with a lot of people around you, you're on the spot, you got to say something. You know, they ask, and I put my hand up, and next thing the mic's coming, and I was okay, there's no backing down now. you got to do it. Is it the right thing to do? And it was. It was. And I had follow-up discussions afterwards of people about, you know, doing that and, and glad that I said that. So I guess sometimes, as... I express so often on this podcast, I'm just confused about who I am and what what drives me. I, I overanalyze everything. And it can, you know, it would sort of be nice to drop that and just be spontaneous and real. But I think in life, we also prepare I don't know, and, and I guess there's, there's another, it's funny, as I'm saying these words, there's another filter running through, what are they thinking? What's the listener thinking? How is the listener interpreting my words right now? Are they saying, yeah, that Ken is an asshole? Or are they saying, oh, Ken's being pretty honest here, I think. I respect that. Because it is what I'm trying to do, but it's a battle. It's like that line my cousin gave, Cousin Zeke. We are being driven by a million psychological propellers. And we will just never fathom them all. And it's situation-based, it's mood-based, it's environment-based, it's the people around you, it's all these things. It's what you did last night, it's how you're feeling on this particular day, it's how warm the sunshine is, it's everything impacts our next act and to some degree, our next few words. And this is the joy. This is the joy that I get from doing a podcast because I don't know what's coming next. I, this, I am right on the edge, man. I am surfing now because I don't know. If it's good, this is bad. I, I, I've abandoned that long ago. I mean, I have a pure joy that comes with podcasting, because this is real. This is a moment. This is now. This isn't rehearsed. This is pure. This is as it happens. And that's that's a wonderful rush, and it's a wonderful thing, and you, you just, you're relying on instinct. Whoa. Prior to this, prior to this, I have another podcast I haven't shared yet, and I may or may not. I had a toke of that AAA grade. And the first half... First 20 minutes are maybe eh, fairly entertaining. And then I go on and on and on and on. Either I'm just going to cut the second half off because it just, whoa, it just, it just went in, you know, in crazy little circles. 
that are just not worth sharing. But when you're doing this, what I'm doing now, you're always hoping, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, this is worth sharing. So, to make it easier, I'd be better off taking less of a risk if I just stopped talking now and uh, give you a song or something else, some other connection, and uh, and move on. So we'll bring it into it, whatever it is. I just gave you story of Mr. Tobley talking out in church, analyzing everything, being a smartass, wondering if you still are a smartass. Is there anything sincere about you at all? Or are you just a showman? All right, stop there. Scarborough Dude, a.k.a. Ken, signing out. Bye for now. You tell me that you've got everything you want And your bird can sing, but you don't get me You don't get me you can see start to weigh down look in my direction I'll be round I'll be round you tell me that you've heard p.m. Saturday afternoon, December. Ah, oh, shit, I had everything else. I'm in the Rosetta McLean Gardens, just off Kingston Road. Very nice spot. Uh, December 5th. Talk to my brother today, his birthday next week. Should be trying it. I promised I'd try and get down to Ottawa to see the family before I leave for Australia. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Today's one of those days I'm not entirely satisfied with how the day is going and it's, there's always this I measure things and I, I need a certain level of satisfaction that okay I've done something so I spent the morning sending out uh, repeat invoices for the uh, Dixon Jane zine and I'm very pleased to see two more people came through and uh, every little bit helps 
Uh, it's putting together the zine is just sheer pleasure. It's so much fun, and just the layout and collecting things from people, and when somebody actually writes an article for it, it's just great. Uh, and even stuffing the envelopes, adding a note, and sending it off, everybody gets a little personal note. It's time-consuming, but I've got time. But hounding people for money is just bloody awful, and I'm just so uncomfortable doing that. So I'm very grateful for anybody out there who's listened to uh, got an invoice and paid it via PayPal or whatever. Uh, some people have done cash, and some have done checks, and that's fine too. But just... Uh, Oh, so I don't have this added pressure. And I'm, I'm, I'm even giving people an out. Look, if you still want it but you don't want to pay for whatever reason, I'll still send it to you. Um, but, of course, that's not the preferred option. Anyway, anyway, I did that this morning. It took me right through till noon. Cat had me up at 8 saying, Hey, I want someone to talk to. The cat likes to talk. Uh, and then I thought, okay, now what? I headed to my office. I headed to Bluffers Park and thought, I'll just, you know, maybe I'll just have a toke and see how the day unfolds. And um, decided not to. No, 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 no. You, you still haven't done enough. Go to your office. And I got there and I brought a couple of boxes. Oh, I know. I brought back empties to the uh, beer store. So that was something. I got, uh, what, $4.60 uh, in empty wine and beer bottles. It's a good system. I like it. And I understand our Liquor Control Board of Ontario has put in a bid to be the pot sellers when that, when it comes to that. And I hope they do. I think that's a good option. They already exist. I suppose you could have private stores, but the LCB has already got everything in place. The infrastructure and the checking the ID and so on, you know. I, I, I think it would make sense. Maybe only in some LCBL specialty shops. I don't know, but... I, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, so anyway, did that and then went on to the office because I just couldn't get settled down in Bluffers Park. Listen to uh, Slugor. Heard about his recent situation and um, maybe pulling away from the film business and getting into some other kind of business on his own. So I said, hey, let's meet for a coffee Monday and uh, we'll probably do that. And I will hand him over a couple of issues, past issues of Dixon Jane's. And anyway, finally motored on over to the office and uh, with a couple of empty wine boxes and took down all my knickknacks. Holy shit, are there all these click, 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 clicks that are coming in from something or other? Um, yeah, I filled two boxes of just, you know, wall hangings. Beautiful batik of an elephant and an antelope from Nigeria. That's really a fine piece of art uh, that I bought when I was there. Batik, tie-dye type thing. Really, really well done. And uh, stuff that if it, was, if it lasted a couple of generations, well, it would be a valuable family heirloom. That's all I'm saying. I hope one of my sons will take it. Anyway, I packed up the rest. It was a lot of little bits and pieces of, you know, knickknacks. And what do you call those things? There's a funny European word for the things that go on your... Uh, <laughs> it sounds like Oshkosh or something, you know. You know what I mean. I know you're all shouting out the word right now. Um, it's a word I never used. It was always unfamiliar to me. We never used it in my home. That 
foreign word. Uh, but for these things, Trotsky's <laughs> close to that, close to that. Um, anyway, like stuff that, man, I can't throw that out. Uh, so it just gets put in a box, and I'm going to seal that box up and put it in a closet somewhere, you know, because I can't throw anything out. I still haven't dealt with that problem, and uh, I don't know if or when I ever will. Um, I know, of course, I should, so that my poor wife and family don't have to do it all, but uh, someday, maybe if I'm not back teaching in the fall. Okay, here I got private notes. Ooh, ooh. Uh, from John. Well, maybe I put, uh, you know, tonight? I don't know. Yes, I'll just say yes. All right. Um, about meeting in the only sometime before Christmas. Yes is not a satisfactory answer, but yes, we can. Don't ask me when. Uh, and then, uh, people liking my tweet, favoring tweets, doing all those things. Okay, so there's been some unpleasantness in the podcasting community, in the personal podcasting community, which uh, I think many of you who listen to this are aware of. And I've been struggling with, oh, do I bring it up and air it out and talk about it or just leave it be and uh, hope that in time it'll go away, resolve itself. And I'm still caught between the two. And um, I've had conflicting advice from friends who I have talked to who said, yes, talk about it. No, don't talk about it. It's kind of unfortunate, and it's mostly unfortunate. It's not unfortunate for me. It's unfortunate for the person involved who's kind of burned a few bridges by an overreaction to things about me that just annoyed him, things I said. And it's really unfortunate. I honestly, sincerely, you know, it's late now, but I did not have any intention for this to uh, blow up the way it did. I did not realize this person was quite as sensitive and insecure as they are, and I don't say that in insulting ways. I've been there. I've gone through therapy for getting my shit together, Uh, and this person, I definitely needs it. But it's kind of unfortunate because it's spread a little bit of ugliness and nastiness, and I just hate to think, not so much for him or for me, but for the other people who kind of don't want to deal with this, like to think we got a big happy family circle here of uh, friends and fellow amateur podcasts, podcasters, and we all get along, and isn't it fun? And maybe that's a little more, a little unrealistic to start with, and maybe we, we all uh, have grievances of our own that we don't air, we don't share, but we feel them anyway, and I suppose that's better to hold back as opposed to letting it all out for every little thing that annoys you. I do know that I have always made a point of encouraging people and seeing positive things. And with this person in question, I have on many, many occasions, many more occasions than the times when I annoyed him, have I said good, positive, encouraging, supportive things directly. So... Uh, Anyway, I guess I'll leave it there. I guess there's, there's no further point. I mean, if this isn't at all me wanting to say, okay, well, now hear my side or, you know, I, I, didn't, I don't like the idea of sides at all. 
it's just a thing that's happened and it's unfortunate. And, uh, yeah. Right now, I'm just making a point of not engaging, not going back, not retaliating, not taking uh, any measures that are going to further escalate or, or harm, you know, add harm to uh, the harm that's already been done. So, all right. <coughs> I have a recording behind this somewhere. I recorded a week or two ago when I got high in Bluffers Park. I think maybe it was last Saturday. I don't know. It seems a long time ago. And um, the first 20 minutes, boy, I was just in the groove and having fun and thought it was worth sharing. And then I just, I couldn't stop. And I said, oh, I'm just going to release this as one podcast, 36 minutes, all, all of one. I'll just tack a song on the end. But the last 10, 15 minutes are less than entertaining. Uh, I've listened back and thought, no, no, you can't do that to them. So I don't know whether I'm going to include that with this. What would make more sense is if I, if this is the start of Dixon Jeans, or not Dixon Jeans, I'm sorry. I did that for uh, uh, the Canadian National Day of Podcasting. I put it on Dixon Jeans, and I had fun with it, even though I lost the first special um, recording because I didn't record it. I was pleased with the second recording pleased enough. So if you're still subscribed to the Dixon Jeans feed, uh, you would have got that already for uh, C Canadian, uh, CNDOP 15, 2015. But this is Baby Sally and it's probably Baby Sally 42, I would think. So after this, I'm going to tack on something from the past and uh, excuse me, who knows what else I'll do. It's getting a little chilly. I, I I picked a bench that's sort of at an angle towards the sun. The sun is just now going down behind the trees. It's still up, still enough that I can feel just a little bit of that warmth on the crisp air. And I'm right on the edge. We're up on a high bluff uh, overlooking Lake Ontario. This is not Bluffers Park. This is further uh, further west towards the city, uh, but still in Scarborough. And it's a lovely, lovely spot to walk in. I thought, well, this is the perfect place to come and maybe have that talk. But now that I'm here and I'm going to probably go to the LCBO after and then go home and maybe cook me, I don't think I'll bother having a toke. It's amazing. I've never had or I haven't had as much as I've got now on hand. Uh, and yet I'm barely touching it. And won't, I won't have to order for a very long time. Uh, unless I start making cookies. Uh, that's, see, that's the trouble. But for that, I've got to learn uh, the recipe, and I don't think I'll do any of that before I leave. So it'll just sit tight and keep quite nicely. Thank you very much. Yeah. Anything else in the way of news? I'm really, really close to the end of uh, end of the semester at Centennial. I've got one more paper to give and then another little test and grades and attendance and things to submit. I sat with my students yesterday, and uh, at the end of class, my Friday class, only half are there. If the whole class shows up on a test day, half the class comes when there are no tests. And, you know, it's not a personal reflection on my teaching style. It's, you know, these students. But the ones who do come are committed, and we have a good class. And I still do the, the same stuff. But last class I ended, I had to give them something extra again. That sense of having to share more that... Uh, I 
can't seem to get away from. And it was about the artistic, creative part of ourselves. And it was, you know, hey, you all want this piece of paper. You're all here to, you know, get a certificate. And to do that, you're going to have to pass this English course and pass the next one and the next and come out with a certificate. And you're going to hope that that's going to lead to some sort of a job. But really what you want to be doing with your life is fulfilling your creative potential who is the artist and what what is it that you are really good at that you really feel happy about not the making money part which is all they seem to think about but you know is it dancing is it singing is it music is it playing is it sports is it uh, is it poetry is it uh, just you know being a good friend what is it that you're really good at and that gives you a degree of satisfaction and fulfills your your human potential to be something more than maybe what you are now. And I think they bought into it. They understood it. All right. Uh, it is getting cold. My hands, as I sit here and hold the uh, Olympus LS10, are beginning to uh, get a little chilly. Uh, so I'm going to head home. I'm going to uh, re-reply to... Uh, my good friend John, see if he wants to go to the only night. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be a home night or a, an only night. But, uh, yeah, could be both. All right, this is Ken for the Baby Sally Talks podcast. Uh, passing you on to the uh, Ken, the wired Ken of a week or so ago uh, after this song. Bye for now.
She is Sunday afternoon, just back from church. Although I'm not back, I've gone to uh, uh, Thompson Park, sitting here in my car overlooking the green grass and some of the uh, evergreens. Lovely park, a lot of space. Decided not to do the graveyard this time and not to go all the way down to uh, Bluffers Park by the water because I want to go home after this. Uh, it was the Traveler's Lunch Day at church, and that's when uh, one Sunday every month, they put on a, a full lunch to feed everybody in the congregation. And it was full today. There was a lot of people. Uh, we had a guest speaker, um, and he is the first, probably the only person in Canada to earn his PhD, I guess from the University of Toronto, by painting his dissertation rather than submitting the written paper. And it was accepted, and uh, and with two oohs and ahs of, wow, this guy's an artist. Uh, but he's a an activist, a gay rights activist. And that was a lot of his story, what it was like uh, growing up. And the kids he works with... Uh, you know, for um, the gay-straight alliances and special camps for transgender youth. And it was good. He was a great speaker. I mean, that's what he does. And uh, to come in and just talk about issues of equality and, uh, you know, anti-bullying and so on, it was, a, it was good, refreshing. And everybody in the con- congregation liked it. And then, bam, you go down to the stairs and there's a whole lunch put on, and you sit at a table and you talk to very nice people, very interesting people. So uh, I'm still gung-ho on uh, West Hill United, and it doesn't make me any different uh, a Christian. I don't know that I'd call myself that other than, you know, as a philosopher, yeah, it's a good, good idea, love thy neighbor, do unto others, and so on, like many of the religions supposedly preach. Um, and you know, I'm not here to convert anybody at all. There's nothing to convert to. Uh, our minister is, a, is an atheist and has a, a very uh, unusual point of view. Now, what was interesting today, there's always been this pushback. She's got to stay with, you know, I've been on the side of keep her within the United Church. Uh, the United Church has to accept um, free-thinking ministers. But today somebody raised the point, what would it be like if... This was, if she stayed on but was booted out of the United Church and would our congregation stay? Well, I think they would as long as Greta was still at the helm. And would it not perhaps attract a lot more people who just simply don't want to go to church? So I hadn't thought of it that way, and it's kind of interesting because so many people I know full well from conversations I've had on Facebook that um, people just... To stop at the word church and all right if it is a church then you have to believe in god period bam end of story uh and if you don't believe in god then you shouldn't be in a church and maybe hey maybe there's some truth to that but uh is that what i want to talk about is that what we want to share no i'm doing this recording now on sunday december what sixth seventh eighth um because because I have to. It's December 6th. I, I don't know uh, why I'm recording now other than I just feel this need to either finish off what I've already recorded or if this doesn't fit, this is the beginning of another Dixon James. Ah! Scarborough dude. Ah! Baby Sally episode. 
boy, it's getting harder to keep those straight. Uh, last night was a good night, um, and I love this combination of the bar Saturday night, church Sunday morning. I'm actually, I've got a really good handle. I can do it. I, and man, oh man, listen, Pussycat had me up at three this morning to say, hey, I've had enough sleep. I want out now to hunt. So up I get, and you got to get out of bed, climb downstairs carefully in the dark, open the sliding door and let her out. And then I wake up around 6.30. Managed to get back to sleep at 6.30, and as soon as I wake up, I think, oh, that poor pussycat is sitting at the door in the cold and nobody hears her. Usually my son, that's his job during the night, but by the time morning comes, he's sleeping and uh, it's over. So I knew I, I, I would not get any rest if I, as long as I thought of this little shivering white pussycat sitting by the... Uh, God damn, that guy wheeled in awfully damn fast to this parking spot right beside me. Uh, anyway, uh, so, you know, a little bit sleep-deprived. Uh, I have scratches, like one of them is uh, an inch and a half long, two inches long, across the uh, the back of my hand, and another one at least an inch long from... Uh, when maybe Pussycat thought I was a mouse on the loose or thought my hand was something that needed to be attacked right then and there, and bam, it was full force. The back hind feet, claws out, kicking, and the teeth down on the knuckles, and uh, <laughs> I've got the scars to show. I mean, I really do. I should post a picture. Uh, but, of course, it's a Pussycat, and I forgave my Pussycat. I didn't yell. I didn't hit her. I did hold her. Steady for a while and say in a not a pleasant voice, hey, that hurt, pussycat. Don't do that. And she realized and she didn't struggle. She just lay there. But, you know, the eyes are wide open and she's in wild mode. Hey, this is, this is, uh, we got an enemy here close by. I got to get it. And that enemy was my right hand. Um, so, evening out last night, the only cafe. Uh, just me and John Meadows, little table, one of those cute little tables beside the bar, a little bit crowded, but uh, we had a good little space and we were able to have a very good conversation, uh, as you can have when there's just two of you sitting, you know, face to face, and we each posted pictures of each other up there on Twitter and, uh, you know, what what have you. Um, John has a very, very neat gizmo for his camera, this Instagram-type thing where you get these really neat old effects of choosing the film and choosing the filters, and it's it's pretty neat. I want it for mine. I want it. I want to play with it. I don't need it, but I want it. Um, but good chance to have some in-depth one-on-one conversation. Uh, but one of the things that did come up was that... Damn it, damn it, damn it. I do have an awful lot of stories that I never tell on the Dixon Chains because I'm doing exactly what I'm doing now. I'm talking about the present, the now, the here. What is my life today? And I don't have a problem saying this. Somebody might think, dig real hard and find a good story. I've got a fuck of a lot. Trunks full of good stories. From Nigeria, from Japan, from Vancouver, from the Yukon, from here, from there, from Mexico, from all over, that I just don't seem able to sort of dredge up and, and relate to you. And and I was saying to John, it's a shame because they will, so many of them will simply die with me. The one thing is when I'm meeting somebody face to face, 
in a situation like last night. I can tell those stories. So the stories sometimes get told in person to somebody else. But uh, today's person who spoke at the church uh, defined our lives as stories. And really, what people remember after we're gone, the only thing we are is, or are, the only thing we are is our stories. That's who we are. We are our stories. And uh, I think there's some truth to that. That's how we remember. That's how we recall. We think of a person. We're not thinking just about their physical features. We might have a picture in our mind. But it is something they did. And um, so, why am I going on about that? Where where do I go from there? All right, I've just told you I should be telling more about the past. And you can be pretty damn sure I'm not going to do that. I think what I'm going to do is just keep this very short. This is a 10-minute. I think let's call this an end to the podcast. I am thrilled that uh, more people are starting to pay for the Dixon Jane zine. If you are on the list of uh, Dixon Jane's, and uh, you probably got another email PayPal reminder sent to you uh, if you haven't already paid, and I'm just very glad to see that bit by bit some money is trickling in so that uh, it will offset some of the cost to keep this going for a whole year. If you know someone, it is not too late, who might like a Dixon Jane's Christmas subscription or a gift or a New Year's gift is even better, uh, I'll start. I can start them on volume two, if you want, or if you want them to start them on one. But it'll be like four issues, at least. And maybe the option to renew, give it to them, of uh, the Dixon Jane Zine. Something unique, something unusual, something about friends, something that uh, people can share and read and uh, appreciate it for that special person you have to give a gift to and you don't know what. $12 if you're in Canada, $20 uh, if you're living overseas off the continent, and uh, $16 if you're American, which translates into about $12 Canadian, $12 uh, in American money for $16 Canadian. So it's a good time if you're an American and you got an American friend uh, to do. Now, speaking of America, God damn it. God damn it. This degree of violence, I understand uh, President Obama is going to be on television tonight, and I want to watch that. Hope it doesn't interrupt The Walking Dead, but uh, I do want to hear what he has to say about the latest rounds of shooting in California and homegrown terrorism and the impossibility of stopping it and, and this crazy arms race that... How could you stop it now? Like, if people are so frightened... By so many people doing so many crazy things and everybody's armed, then of course you got to be armed too. And it's it's a bit of insanity that just can't be stopped. Like people aren't going to turn in their machine guns and their their automatic weapons. They're going to stockpile. They're going to stockpile ammunition. And just the fact that the people who uh, were caught, who shot all those people cold bloodedly. Uh, where one of, where the man worked, um, I'm sure it's going to cause more people to go out and arm themselves. I mean, you hear about the amount of ammunition they have. Well, then they better have that. And it's just, I guess John and I had this talk. This I, I feel I always feel bad because I am very much coming at this podcast from and and the Dixon Jane Zine from the point of view of a Canadian and happy, goddamn happy to be Canadian because. 
I, I'm, I'm frightened for the states. I'm really afraid. Whoa, this country is bordering on another civil war. The crazies are getting into the position. When you got a Donald Trump, who will not be president, however, holding 35% of the Republican, you know, popularity point at this, and everybody's sort of laughing, oh, yeah, yeah, but he's not going to be president, he's, you know. But when you have that many people who like his message, document all Muslims and uh, build a wall against Mexico and send the others home, and the things he's saying is, is just appealing to a core of people who are have so much anger and hatred and probably fear more than anything else in their hearts. And my theory is that the United States of America has not yet recovered from 9-11. The taking down of the Trade Center was a shock the way uh, Pearl Harbor was a shock. I would say even more so because, bam, right here in the heart of the country in New York City, bam, Two towers taken out by airplanes. This, this, this is of biblical proportions. This is huge. And it gives strength and credence to the enemies who did it and strikes fear and anger and hatred in the hearts of Americans against those very people. And nobody wants a war based on religious lines. And yet, as people start entrenching themselves and, and drawing lines and sort of taking positions and making generalizations and sweeping statements. Um, it's possible, you know, these kind of ugly things might begin to happen. I'm sure they're already escalating with, uh, you know, people wanting to burn down mosques and so on. And and uh, that ain't the answer. So that's the kind of thing you can sit in the bar and have a couple of really good pints of beer and talk about with a friend and share views and hear their opinion. And John is a very, very smart, well-educated man. Last point, last point, last point I want to bring up. Uh, we all want to be famous. Now, that's not entirely true. But we all want recognition for what it is that's special. Obviously, I do, because I'm putting out this podcast. I was mighty damn proud of the Dixon Janes podcast and that 10-year run of 500 episodes. Hey, that's my body of work. I did something. And I want a little bit of recognition for that. I want recognition for the Dixon Janes zine. 20 fucking years. 20 years, four times a year. And now, starting over again. Bam, we're just beginning this new thing we're just on. Who knows how long it'll go? Maybe it'll only last a year. I doubt that. I think it'll go at least two. I, I, somebody gave a two-year subscription. I'm counting that as an omen. Um, but we want, we want somebody to say, hey, well done. Good for you. But it's each and every one of us who are creative. John, for John, John sings, is joint, rejoining a choir. John is writing a musical. John is just doing amazing things with photography and developing and printing. Uh, John is just a creative individual. I'm delighted to have John as one of the writers in the Dixon Jane Zine. Note how this is becoming a little bit of a, a crossover. This podcast can't help but talk about the zine because it is a big part of... Uh, what I'm doing anyway. Um, so John would want that and appreciate it. And then I look at, well, gee, look at all of the writing Jason has done. Jason with an O. Yeah, Jason with an O. Um, of 
good quality writing. Again, another contributor to the Dixon Jane Zine. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, a sense of humor, some depth, and just a creative, creative person, and an interesting person, and a unique individual. Maybe it's it's the uniqueness that we want to celebrate. We want to be able to say, "Hey, look, this is me. I'm different from you, but I'm me." And it's this question of learning to accept ourselves, love ourselves, be ourselves, and celebrate ourselves. And have others recognize us for the unique beings that we are. We want that. We need that. And that's why a little tweet, a little comment, just a little bit of recognition from somebody. Hey, got your zine in the mail. Great. Or... Wow, really enjoyed your last podcast. I've been talking about last podcast. Adam Gratrix finally released his Alice in Wonderland LSD uh, Suburban Transpondency. It's over two hours long and worth every minute of it. Excellent. I listened last night while I was high. And I was just blown away, and I was just continually tweeting at him, you know, from this end of the country at midnight. Wow, wow, wow. It was amazing. It really, really was that good. And not just because I was stoned. I just sort of added to it because I was able to cut off my other senses and just surrender to what Adam had done and listening to the stereo tracks and the layers and the the bits and pieces he put in to make it all trippy. Um, now there is a man deserving of recognition, deserving of credit for his art. So I'll stop there. I've just mentioned three people, but there's just so many others. In fact, it's all of us in this community. We want to create. We need to create. We need to share. But we all want a little bit of recognition for it. So when somebody does something you like, don't just forget it. Say something to them. Tell them. Let them know. Okay? No matter who it is. And that's not just within our podcasting community. This is uh, within your... uh, Within your family, within your friends, within your colleagues at work. Give people. Be, be, just say nice things to people. People need it and appreciate it just as you do. So I'm going to end on that note. That's a little more positive, right? We're not talking about guns in America anymore and people being shot dead cold-blooded with fucking armor-piercing goddamn bullets. Christ, you can buy this stuff? You just walk in and buy it? And shoot people with it? What the fuck, man? What is going on? Oh, no, no, we didn't want to end on that note. Damn it, damn it, damn it. I suppose I could chop that out or... uh... Nah, that's me. That's the way I roll. Peace, brothers and sisters. Over and out. Bye for now.